I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. This is an entertainment podcast and the research we do may come from semi-unreliable sources. Welcome to Research Rebuttal Podcast. It's the podcast where two stubborn friends prove each other wrong. Each week, one of us will be the researcher and one of us will be the guesser. I'm Rachel Teichman, MSW, and this is Paige Dempster. <laughs> Hi. And today, we're going to talk about alpacas and marshmallows. I'll be your researcher today, and Paige will be the guesser. Let's get rebutted. Hey, Paige. Hello. Congrats, grad. Thank you. Tell us what you just got done doing, like, three minutes ago approximately three minutes before we started this recording I had my zoom graduation yeah and you answered the zoom call in your little graduation cap and everything it was adorable um yeah so like this is a this is an educational podcast and I am qualified to do that research in some topics I guess yeah well I'm like qualified to do research in general like scientific research oh okay I'm not but (laughs) at least one of us is now Rachel Teichman MSW oh my god Um, you know I I should put that on a business card I was gonna say you should let me make you a business card with that on it go for it I I need I actually do need business cards like pretty soon People in the audience, if you need business cards, I, Paige Dempster, graphic designer, make business cards. So if you would like a business card, email us at researchrebuttal.gmail.com. Researchrebuttalpodcast at gmail.com. Oh, I'm sorry. Paige Dempster, BFA. Order your business cards tomorrow. My name with a title after it does not sound right. Yes, it does. Not to me. Got that good, good imposter syndrome, I see. <laughs> you know it. Speaking of imposter syndrome, have you ever met an alpaca? Ooh, maybe. At like a petting zoo? Probably yeah. when I was little. But like no specific memories of an alpaca, right? No, no, I don't think so. See, I had the same experience when I sat down to do this episode. Um, speaking of which, shout out Liz. Our friend and my cousin Liz gave us these two ideas for our topics this week. Yes, and thank you, Liz. Um, You can send us topic suggestions anytime. And listeners, you can also send us topic suggestions. Like, we will listen to you. Like, we want to hear from you. So um, thanks, Liz, for giving us alpacas and marshmallows. And yeah, when I was thinking about it, I was like, alpacas, like I know I've seen them in zoos and petting zoos, but I don't have any specific memory with one. Well, I think part of it for me is like, I can't tell the difference between an alpaca and a llama. I wonder why. Oh, is that what we're going to learn today? It'll come up. Okay. Where 
did and do alpacas come from? I think alpacas are native to South America and they've probably been around since before people were here. Okay. You're kind of right. So you're right about South America. Can you guess specific countries? Um, I'm going to guess like, I okay, so I think what it is is like South American nations like the Incan Empire, for example, like farmed alpacas for their wool and for to transport themselves. But I don't know how long ago that was. Wait, that's not what I was asking you, though. Oh, what what was the question? I asked you to specify which countries in South America. Oh, okay. I don't know what country, like, what modern countries encompass what the Incan Empire used to be. I'm going to guess Colombia, Venezuela, and Brazil. Okay. So first, I'm going to say, like, based on what you said about the Incan Empire and all that, although, were they called the Incan Empire? I don't think. Well, like, the Incan nation yeah probably not an empire but yeah I don't think so but yeah the 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 Incan empire (laughs) you know more about alpacas you know more about alpacas than I expected because you've already like thrown out some facts that like we're not even close to getting to I think part of it like I just have like a wide general animal knowledge that's why I do so many animal episodes that's true this is like your first animal episode I think is it must be I don't know but when Liz said alpacas I was like that's the one I'm like I'm doing it (laughs) that's the one (laughs) so uh mostly they came from and come from Bolivia and Peru okay it's a little further down than I thought it was Yeah, well, they're mountain animals. Okay. Are there wild alpacas? Yeah, there has to be. No. What? So there are relatives of the alpaca that exist, but alpacas are domesticated. Oh, so it's not like with horses, like how they're like wild horses. There are no wild alpacas? No, they have a relative, though, that's, like, pretty close, um, but they are descendant from them, and it's, like, it's it's all humans that did this. So, um, like, I guess you might find a somewhat feral one in the wild, maybe, but, like, they are never wild. The idea of a feral alpaca is very funny to me for some reason. Like, a mule would never be wild. Huh. So is it like how, you know, dogs evolve from wolves or like, you know, they branched off from wolves when we got our grumpy little hands on them? Is it like that kind of thing? Yeah, it's like that. And it's like house cats. So like if you see uh, like a cat out on the street and obviously doesn't have an owner, like that is a feral cat, perhaps, but it is not a wild cat. Okay, got it. Are alpacas related to llamas? Um... I want to say yes. I feel like it's going to be no, though. What's your final answer? No. They are related. Dang it. Okay. They are part, they are both part of the Lamoid species. (laughs) Okay. And um, there are four distinct animals within Lamoid, which I don't remember the other two, but alpacas and llamas are in that family. And then 
the one that I'm not remembering the name of is like the direct parent relative of the alpaca. I kind of want to look it up really quickly. Do you mind? Go for it. Okay. Four members of the llama family. Lamoid. 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 Ficunias? Yes. And guanacos? Yep. Okay. When did alpacas come to the U.S. and where did they migrate to? Hmm. Okay, hear me out. It must have been before 1901 because 1901, I think, is when the Panama Canal was constructed. So that was like the last time they would have been able to cross the land bridge, you know? So I'm going to guess 1873. Okay, I like what you said. But you'll be surprised to know that alpacas were first imported to the United States in 1984. What? However, what you're saying about the land bridge and everything. So ancestors of the alpaca did live in like the southern United States in the plains for a long time. What happened to them? Well... Did an armadillo kill all the alpacas? An armadillo took the alpacas over the rainbow bridge. Did did the Alamo also kill the alpacas? You know it. So, but like they weren't alpacas. They were ancestors of the alpaca. Because remember, alpacas were domesticated in South America. Did the Alamo kill the vicuñas? Oh, we don't talk about them. Oh, record there, Los Vicuñas. When were alpacas domesticated? Very early. They must have. 980. So they were domesticated at least 6,000 years ago. Oh, wow. And they were very, very important to Incan life, like you said. Aha. Uh-huh. And the ancestors of alpacas are at least 10 million years old. Whoa, okay. So do people knit with alpaca hair? Yeah, they have to. Yeah. Nice. The alpaca hairs are hollow, which makes them act as really good insulation. And they, can you guess how many natural colors they come in? Okay, let me think. I'm thinking about Minecraft because he, like the trader he comes with his two alpacas and they can be different colors are they llamas or they're alpacas i'm not sure regardless white brown gray other gray other gray beige and black i'm sure those are some of them <laughs> final answer 23 six there Whoa! are Sorry. and how many and how many do they need? Six. Ooh. Hundred. How many alpaca shades are there? Six hundred alpaca shades. <laughs> oh my god. No, there's 23. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> and interestingly, people who are allergic to sheep's wool often aren't allergic to alpaca. And it is very expensive. Oh, okay. But it's really good stuff. That's good. You kind of alluded to this earlier, 
um, how were alpacas utilized? Like, do they transport stuff or people like donkeys? I feel like an alpaca might be too fragile to carry a person, but I think maybe they could carry somewhat heavy loads on their backs that aren't exceeding a hundred pounds. And they would also be cheered for their wool and probably killed for their meat. Yes. So I didn't really see too much about alpacas carrying people, but they definitely do transport goods. Nice. And sometimes alpaca herds have guard llamas. What? Yeah. So you know how like different herds of animals will sometimes have like a guard dog to help them like against predators and to help herd them and stuff? Yeah. Well, sometimes alpacas instead have guard llamas. But what is like a llama just more aggressive? I guess so. And the llamas, though, are pretty um, related. Yeah. And, and the llamas tend to socially become very bonded with the alpaca herds. Oh, they become one with the pack. While doing a job. Oh, that's nice. And you said that um, people eat alpaca, and as we know, they get sheared. So who eats alpaca? Like today? Yeah. Perhaps the people in Peru? Yeah, generally speaking, people in Peru, Bolivia, and Chile, because that's where alpacas tend to be. Yeah, that makes sense. And here's a fun fact. The first jerky in like known human records was made from alpaca and llama. Wow. Oh my goodness. I know. I was like so surprised to, to read that. Oh, fascinating. Would you ever eat alpaca? if given the opportunity? I mean, I'm gonna say no, not because alpacas are cute or anything. I mean, like they are, but I'm a very picky eater and I also don't like trying new things. So upon that reasoning, I'll probably be like, oh, cool. Let Rachel try it. Would I try it? Like, I don't really eat a lot of meat these days, but if an opportunity came up yeah I I would try it like yeah if, if I'm in Peru or something and like I'm in a local community and like they give me alpaca like yeah I'm gonna eat it I don't see how it's any different from eating like alligator mm, I'm gonna say they're smarter than horses but that's not saying much I feel like horses are pretty smart I don't feel like horses are very smart. Horses will go out of their way to break their own legs. Horses are not very smart. Do we need to have a horses episode? I don't like horses. You don't like horses? Not really. I, I'm sorry if I offended any horse lovers, but I, don't, I just don't like horses that much. I mean, I was never like a horse girl by any means. No, I am a crazy cat lady, but um, I love horses. I don't know. Well, yeah, because you used to go horseback riding at Discount Dude Ranches over the summer. It's true. <laughs> but I liked horses before that. Yeah, but it's like, yeah, of course you like horses because you interact with them. It's, I don't know. It's just it's smelly. They are. Like, but so is Bun. Yeah, but. They both eat hay. <laughs> it's true. They do both eat hay. It's just something about their eyes. 
I know what you mean. I don't trust horses. They don't trust you. Exactly. I want an animal to love me unconditionally like Bun. Yeah. The horse will panic and rear around and smack me. I mean, if we're being real, so will Bun. She's just smaller. Yeah, and it won't hurt. It'll hurt a little bit. But Bun also has those eyes. Yeah, but hers are cute. Horses yeah. are crazy. Horses look crazy. Anyway, alpacas are actually pretty intelligent. Oh, okay. How lovely. And they can be trained easily to halt and lead. And they uh, communicate with each other through body language and sounds. Like what sounds? Demonstrate. We snaw. (laughs) No, that's a horse. A seahorse. Oh, yes. Excuse me. And what predators feed on alpacas? Oh, what predators? I know, right? Live in, I don't, I've never thought of that. Like, yeah, thanks, Liz. Thank you, Liz. I mean, um, perhaps pumas, ocelots, uh, what is it called? The main wolf. <laughs> the not, main wolf. <laughs> not main, <laughs> not main is in the state. But it's like maned, it like has weird long legs and it kind of looks like a fox and apparently it smells really bad. Do you want me to send you a picture really quickly? Okay. They have Uh, magnificent legs. Okay. While you do that, can you keep guessing? So it wasn't one of those. (laughs) Uh, What else lives in South America in the mountains? Perhaps the rare venomous mountain goat. Um... I'm perhaps there are more different kinds of cats that I'm not thinking of. Maybe there are bobcats in South America. Look at this magnificent boy. Wow. He, look, he's got legs for days. He does. <laughs> he looks like he belongs on a runway. They live in, I think they live in Brazil. It's like he's wearing like these amazing high heel boots. He's voguing wow but i feel like his movements must be like he must run really fast but i feel like he trips over himself no he's elegant and graceful like i feel like his legs are like four inches too long yeah he's wearing heels yeah i feel like that could take down an alpaca there's like so much going on with this animal like it looks like a cross between like i think you said a fox but it also looks like a horse and it also looks like a lion he's like a fox horse dog lion it's weird. So yeah, I feel like one of those could take down an alpaca, no problem. Probably. Um, the predators include mountain lions, coyotes, uh-uh. bears, other carnivores, and of course, humans. Ah, uh, yes. What do alpacas eat? Hay. Yeah. Gr- grass. Yes. Leaves. Sticks. I mean, mostly just grass and hay. Oh, okay. I was going to keep going. (laughs) (laughs) What do you think the gestation period of an alpaca is? Oh, this is a strange question. Thanks, Liz. (laughs) Thanks, Liz. Um, They are kind of big boys. Mm -hmm. Ten months. You're actually really close. Oh, really? Yeah. Um, Eleven and a half months. Okay. And typically they only have one baby at a time. Yeah, I feel like squirting out any more than one might accidentally hurt the mother. Yeah, there can be twins, but usually it's one. Yeah, okay. 
Do people drink alpaca milk? Probably. Okay, so this is interesting. From what I could tell from what I looked up, you can drink alpaca milk. Like, it, it's probably not going to harm you, but they are not bred for that, like dairy cows are. Mm-hmm. And so, first, the volume of milk that you would get would be pretty small. And they are notably difficult to milk because, like me, they have very small teats. Oh, yeah, you do have small ditties. I do. So, yes, you can drink alpaca milk, but it's not super efficient. So if you were in a survival situation and you did have a bucket and an alpaca that was female and milk ready, you could survive. You could, but that would also be assuming that the that the alpaca has a baby nearby. Well, maybe like you slaughter the baby and eat that. And then instead of drinking your own pee, you drink the alpaca milk. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I see where you're going with that. Yeah. Yeah, I... I was thinking about that, like, would you slaughter the baby or would you slaughter the mother? Makes more sense to slaughter the baby because the mother can provide more resources. That's true. But then what if you can't feed the alpaca? I mean, I imagine if you're stranded in Peru, like in the Peruvian wilderness, there's got to be grass around there, right? I know very little of Peru's geome. Other than, um, like, it's very mountainous. Well, because, like, if alpaca... Or biome. Oh, I didn't know how to correct you, so I chose not to. <laughs> it's biome, I think. I think you're correct. Um, but, like, if alpacas live in Peru, there's got to be things for them to eat in Peru, right? And it's like, even if you didn't have anything to feed it, it would still make sense to kill the baby first because, like... Yeah, the mom's going to die, but at least you get bonus milk. Like, you don't get anything extra from the baby. I want bonus milk. Yeah, exactly. You got to get that bonus milk (laughs) before you succumb to the wilderness. I want a big glass of bonus milk. (laughs) (laughs) You can have some at the end of the episode. (laughs) What's the life expectancy of an alpaca? Uh, Nine years. 15 to 20 years. Oh, that's not bad at all. No. And the oldest on record was 27 years old. Oh my goodness. That's older than we are. Right. But so are tortoises. Yeah. Well, tortoises get super old. Yeah. They get to be like around a hundred years old, I think. Over that. Yeah. And now it's time for a word from our sponsors. Are you allergic to sheep's wool? Do you wish you could wear warm clothing? Is it perpetual winter? then you need the alpaca hair machine. It works just like a Play-Doh toy. All you do is assemble the pieces, push down the plunger, and out comes fresh alpaca hair. Perfect for knitting, perfect for crocheting, and perfect for your lifestyle. Alpaca hair machine. Find it in your inbox tomorrow. Brought to you by the American Citrus Council. Anyway. Anyway. Way to cut me off like that, my god. It caught me off guard, I'm not gonna lie. What do you mean caught you off guard? This is the time that we almost always do it. I know, but like I forgot. This is how this is gonna work. I'm gonna give Rachel one minute to answer as many questions as possible, and if you hear this noise... 
That means she got it right. And if you hear this noise, that means she got it wrong. I already pulled up the timer. Are you ready? Ready spaghetti. Mm, was Snowflake Bentley a real person? Yes. Was Johnny Appleseed a real person? His name was John Chapman, but yes. Why is it called the Blue Moon? Because it's in winter. What's the biggest city in the world by size? Uh, Hong Kong. What's the biggest city in the world by population? Beijing. How many pieces of paper are in a ream? 500. Does Antarctica have a capital? No. What's inside of a glow stick? Chemicals. What kind of chemicals? Neon. Sure. Uh, how, how many nut butters are there? As many as there are nuts. How many Pokemon can learn the move Earthquake? Oh, uh, seven? <laughs> Please take another guess. Twenty-seven. You're so bad at the Pokemon questions. <laughs> We're on a timer. We're out of time. <laughs> that was the last question. So I, it's like I ask you these because I think you're going to give like reasonable answers because you played because <laughs> you played Pokemon. You played. I think the last one you played was X and Y. So it's yeah. like you know the series, but every single time. <laughs> you gotta get one of these back to our regularly scheduled program can you are you able to answer the one about earthquake it's not seven <laughs> <laughs> it felt right name i can probably name seven pokemon that can learn earthquake like right now do it duck trio rhydon Rhyperior, Charizard, <laughs> Blastoise, Mew, Arceus, Need I Go On? No. Thank you. I'm a, I'm a, I've played all the Pokemon series if anyone wanted to know. What is a marshmallow? A marshmallow, I think it's just the combination of gelatin and sugar. Basically, there's a few different ways to make it. It's, quote, a confectionery that is typically made from sugar, water, and gelatin whipped to a solid but soft consistency. Okay. So, yeah, like, there's variations on that, but, like, the general formula is similar of sugar and water and uh, protein. As are most tasty things. Do you like marshmallows? I mean, they're not, like, my favorite thing in the world. I wouldn't, like, go out of my way to buy a bag of marshmallows but if it's summertime and there's a fire you best believe I will be marshmallow 100 p I feel similarly marshmallows aren't my favorite but like if there's a bag of them like I'm happy to eat some I will be happy to put some in a microwave and watch them inflate yeah we're actually gonna get to that topic thanks oh, Liz excellent excellent yeah. Personally, I actually don't really like the taste of microwaved marshmallows. I feel like they taste the same as on the fire. I disagree. What are you, like some freaking marshmallow connoisseur? Yes. <laughs> Didn't know that. Okay. When were marshmallows invented? Ooh, I feel like this is a 1920s abomination. <laughs> um, 
Well, first, maybe this will give you more of a hint. Where does the word marshmallow derive from? Um, marsh, as in swamp, but puffier. I like it, but no. Um, it comes from the mallow plant species. The mallow plant species. Yeah, mallow is a flower. That doesn't help me at all. Okay. Marshmallow, known as mallow, has been around for a long time, like as early as 2000 BCE. Wow, that's impressive. What were the plants used for? Perhaps as like bandages. The root pulp was boiled with honey to help coughs, sore throats, wounds, and constipation. Okay, so it's kind of on the right track with like medical. Yeah, you are on the right track. Um, And so then when were the more modern versions invented? 1920s abomination. Okay, so it's somewhat unknown, but in the 1800s in France, they got their hands on uh, mallow root. And so in France, they would whip the mallow root sap with sugar, water, and egg white. And those are some early iterations of what we know today as a marshmallow. I have a question. Uh-huh. Where is mallow indigenous to? Um, I believe Egypt. Sounds about right. Okay. No more questions. I could be wrong, but like, I think it's over there. So how long can you leave a marshmallow in the microwave? <laughs> well... I myself have gotten dangerously close to marshmallow disasters Mm. on multiple occasions. So with that in mind, I'm going to say it's a maximum of two minutes and 15 seconds before things go haywire. Yeah, actually, um, from what I read, it says up to two minutes before it starts to burn. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that you were like impressively close to that. That's from experience, my yeah. <laughs> When were s'mores invented? Oh. What at what point did you say the French were messing around with them? Approximately the 1800s. Okay, so I'm going to say in response the late 1800s. Maybe. It's hard to pin down an exact date, but um it was they were first documented in the 20s by um oh. by a cookbook and like they credited the girl scouts for creating oh. them <laughs> that's cool yeah girl scouts invented s'mores we don't know when they invented s'mores but maybe it was the late 1800s perhaps it was the early 1900s cuz this book was written i think in 1927 so maybe one time I don't say 1920s is the time it's 1920s. Yeah. What keeps marshmallows from not being sticky on the outside? Oh, okay. It's like they put like a coating on it, like a powdery coating. What is that powdery coating? I, I, I don't know, man. Is it like, is it like powdered sugar or like flour or like a chemical? Or like they take like those do not consume silica packets and they like beat it with a rolling pin and then they dust the, dust the marshmallows with that. Cornstarch. Oh, that makes more sense. 
Yeah. So like, I'm not going to go into the whole history of how marshmallows have been made over time, but basically even today, cornstarch is used to make them dry on the outside. Something that was kind of revolutionary in the history of making marshmallows was basically they could create little molds of pockets of cornstarch. And then you would like press the marshmallow into that and it would make like a dye. You know what I mean? And those would be the marshmallows. Damn, and corn do be and everything, huh? It do. It do. When were Malomars put on the market? Okay, okay, okay. Because really a Malomar is just a s'more. But like we just learned the s'mores, we don't know when they were invented, but they were only documented in the 1920s. Yeah, and a Malomar is essentially just a stupid room temperature s'more. Um, Don't call it stupid. Malamars are beautiful souls. I was never part of the Malamar cult, you know? I, I don't know. Like, I had one, and I, was, I don't think they're all that, okay? It's like, I saw people, they were stocking up. They were, like, grocery cartfuls of Malamars at the store in whenever Malamar season is. And it's just like, man, you're going to have all those six months from now, and they're not going to be as good. And what are you going to do with your life? What is your wife going to say about you and your Malamar obsession, John? You tell me what your wife would say about your Malamar obsession, John. I'd say, not that I'm John, by the way, I'm Paige, but I would say you need to find a new hobby and maybe go outside, John. Well, listen, Ruth. (laughs) 1950s, that's my answer. 1913 okay so could the makers of malamar perhaps have invented s'mores conspiracy conspiracy bottle conspiracy bottle (laughs) welcome to conspiracy bottle podcast it's the podcast where two lengthy friends prove the internet wrong yep anyway what's a funeral cake oh okay (laughs) It's relevant. No, I I believe you. So perhaps it's a special Malamar for a special occasion. And it's for when someone dies and you serve them at funerals. Kinda. (laughs) You're basically right. I mean, (laughs) in the Victorian era, when someone died, they would make special cakes. And a lot of the time, these cakes would be made with chocolate and marshmallow. How are marshmallows chemically classified? That's a strange question. Actually, Liz did not come up with that question, but I did because I happen to love the chemistry of cooking. It sounds like something you would come up with, you freaking nerd. Rachel Teichman, MSW. I'm going to drive all the way to Queens to slap tape over your mouth. I hope you do, baby. Oh, this took a different turn. The chemical compound of marshmallows, they are 20% water, 40% sugar, 60% gelatin, and 100% love. Yes, all that 100% love, but how are they chemically classified? If you had to put a label on it, not not what the compound is actually made of. Uh, OSHA violation. They are classified as a foam. Oh, <laughs> no. I didn't know how to properly answer that question. 
think I am some kind of smart person. Yes. Chemically <laughs> classified as a phone. Shut the hell up. <laughs> Well, I mean, they are about 50% air. So I'm not like shocked to hear that it's a foam. Like it makes sense that it's a foam, but I also wouldn't have been surprised to hear if it was a gel. I didn't know that you could classify foods as gels. Oh yeah, totally. I mean, jello. Is is jelly a gel? Uh, yeah. Wild. Well, if you think about it, it's, it's gelled. Yeah, but it's like. Just something about that question made me very upset. I don't know why. I'm so sorry to upset you. You know what? Just don't do it again. I won't. Okay. And finally, why do marshmallows seem to melt in the mouth? Oh, um, does that have something to do with the sugar and the gelatin? Yes, it has to do with the gelatin. Oh, okay. Because of, like, nasty animal bits chemistry. So, like powdered bones melting your mouth okay so yes although do keep in mind that there are vegan marshmallows out there believe you okay um and so yes whether it's a vegan version or an animal version the gelatin melts at 95 degrees fahrenheit and humans are 90.6 degrees on the inside so the moment the marshmallow hits your mouth it starts to melt oh i didn't know that yeah, it has everything to do with the gelatin. Got it. Um, so that about does it for this episode of Research Rebuttal Podcast. You can find us on social media on Twitter at Research Rebut and on Facebook and Instagram at Research Rebuttal Podcast. You, like our good friend Liz, can email us topic suggestions at researchrebuttalpodcast at gmail.com. Or if you're Liz, just send us a Facebook message. Yeah, just send us a Facebook message or a text or a Snapchat. Liz, we love you. Um, Or if you want to email us, you can also do that too. I would like to know if you were stuck in a survival situation with a mother alpaca and a baby alpaca, would you kill the mother or the baby first? Or both. Or neither. Yeah. And um, tell us about your marshmallow disasters. I can't be the only one. No. I know every single one of us has had a marshmallow disaster and we want to hear about it. And they all occurred between year five and year 11. And American Citrus Council, what are you even doing at this point? I don't want to work with them anymore, (laughs) but they're the only ones that will sponsor us. That's true. Any potential sponsors, if you're out there, please get us out of this toxic relationship please. with American Citrus Council. Please. So, uh, bye. Bye. You ever just eat a lot of dairy and then force your body to process it? Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.